0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dead to Rights, the podcast. Spring is just around the corner. We're here today on March 3rd, and it's a beautiful, sunny Sunday. And I'm going to be bringing you my interview with M.H. Calway. That's Madeline Harris Calway, author of the novel Windigo Fire, as well as many novellas and short stories. And today I'm going to be speaking with Madeline about our upcoming short story contest for The Maydams of Mayhem, which is currently underway, and it's uh, quite time-sensitive, so I hope you'll stay with us and learn how to participate in our short story contest and hopefully have your story featured in our upcoming anthology by The Maydams of Mayhem, which will be titled In the Key of Thirteen, so, give a listen to our podcast, and when we're all done, please get in touch with Madeline. And she'll be reachable at mcalway1 at gmail.com. That's mcalway1 at gmail.com. Now, without any further fuss, here's Madeline Harris Calway. Hi, Donna. Hi, how are you this morning, Madeline? And welcome to Dead to Rights.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm feeling great, uh, Donna. Thanks very much, and it's uh, terrific to be back on the show.
0: Yes, yes. I definitely wanted to have you back because we have a new anthology coming out, and uh, can, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about that. What is it called?
1: Well, um, we put it to the group. We had such great success that there are other three anthologies that uh, we decided to vote on which theme to use as um, a... As, as, uh, it's it's better for both the authors and the readers if we have like a really cool theme. And this time, people voted for music, so it's going to be music and murder. Okay. And right, and so you know, you were asking me about the title some time ago, and we voted on that too. Okay. And so we we came up. We like to do these things as a group, as as part of the. Uh, you know, it's a part of the team, and the title that everybody liked best was called In the Key of Thirteen. Perfect. Keeping up, yeah, keeping up again with our theme of uh, Thirteen.
0: Yes, I'm yes, absolutely. In the Key of Thirteen. And it is coming out when?
1: We are hoping to have our print and uh, ebook editions out in September of this year. That's September 2019. Perfect. And yeah, so, be yeah. Sorry.
0: Sorry, go ahead, Madeline.
1: And and that'll be in time for our launch around the Halloween in October. Excellent,
0: excellent. And that is going to be uh, Carrick Publishing. We'll have that ready uh, in September. And it'll be officially launched in late October, as close to Halloween as possible. And our launch will be held at the Sleuth of Baker Street bookstore in Toronto. Um, Now, it's very early in the year to be talking about an October launch. But the reason that uh, I wanted to talk to you now, Madeline, is because we are actually holding a contest that is closing soon. And we wanted to bring that out to authors out there. Can you tell us a little bit about the contest?
1: Oh, of course, Don. I'd be delighted to. We started this uh, contest back uh, last year for uh, 13 clause our third anthology. And one of the reasons we did this is to encourage new and emerging writers in the mystery genre. Many of the Madame of Mayhem are teachers. And um, for instance, Mel Campbell has taught for many years at Sheridan College, and Rosemary McCracken um, has taught also for many years at George Brown College, and plus many of us deliver seminars and at conferences and, and through the uh, Toronto Public Library, we want to pass on knowledge to new writers. And one of the best ways to encourage new writers is, is through a contest. And this gives a new and emerging writer a lot of exposures because they're there amongst established authors and um, they can list this publication on their resume as a credit. mm mm-hmm. So we started uh, this new contest, and uh, we have uh, been running it now for a few weeks, and the deadline is coming up on uh, the 1st of March.
0: The 1st of March. So if you've got a story that would would fit the theme of murder and music, then what I can tell you uh, from Carrot Publishing's perspective is the story must not quote any actual words or text from any song, uh, regardless of whether it's in the public domain. We will not accept that. We will reject that out of hand, but it can quote the title of a song or a piece of music. That is permissible. And the deadline to submit your story is March 1st. Madeline, is there any word count guideline that we set for that?
1: We haven't set any word count that's carved in stone. We like to give people as much freedom to write as short, or as as long as they like. The suggested guideline is around five thousand words, but some stories can be told very, um, you know, in um, briefly as a flash fiction as a thousand words.
0: Yes, yes. We do accept flash fiction into the anthology. And uh, if it is a longer work, if it's encroaching on what we would call novella length, we will also allow that. I would suggest the ceiling would probably be around 8,000 words. That's a loose ceiling. If you've got a story that's a little bit longer, we'd consider it. But we're not looking for a full novella or novel length uh, story.
1: No, not at all, and, mm-hmm. and we suggest that probably most crime stories, including the ones that are in our anthology, tend to come in between 5,000 words. Yeah,
0: that's a very good guideline, and it must uh, it must include the theme of murder and music. So that's going to be the basic guideline. And where do where do listeners send their stories?
1: Uh, we are asking us. to do electronic submissions, and we're asking them to send them to this account, and let me, I'll spell it out for you, for it's mcallway1 at gmail.com, so it's uh, all lowercase m-c-a-l-l-w-a-y-1 at gmail.com.
0: So that's mcalway1, and that's the number one, at gmail.com. And that's where you would send your electronic submissions. Must be in Word document format. Um, No hate literature of any kind. Um, But other than that, there's a lot of freedom to work in. So crime writers out there who are listening, get your story in. And uh, how many stories will be chosen for the anthology?
1: Well, that's a difficult question because um, when we ran our last contest, we had um, a lot of excellent submissions, and it was really, really hard to make a decision. So what we ended up doing, we actually ended up uh, choosing three stories, both the winner and the two finalists, because, they, as I said, all of the stories were of such great quality. Yeah. So we're, we will really be looking at... Um, Actually, the word length of the book that we will have because of the authors that have already been invited. but as long but I, I believe that we'll be able to accommodate certainly the winner and perhaps the runner-up okay in our book.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent. So this is something really to pay attention to. We'll be looking at things like story structure, technical skills, uh, movement of plot, and uh, plot devices, especially since it is a mystery um, genre, and uh, you know, anything else that you care to throw in as one of your skill elements. So get your stories in by March 1st to mcalway1 at gmail.com So now that we've got the call for submissions out of the way, tell us a little (laughs) bit about the Maydams of Mayhem in general.
1: Well, thanks, Dot. I'd be delighted to. Um, Well, we started out We've been running now for almost six years. It's quite frightening to think how quickly time goes.
0: That's unbelievable. And we've produced an anthology every second year of that time. This is going to be our fourth anthology. Um, The first few were titled 13, and then we had 13 O'Clock, which had a time-based theme. And then we had 13 Claws, which was all about our beloved furry and feathered friends. And now in the key of 13. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and who tell us a little bit about some of our members? Let's start with you, Madeline. Tell us about your your uh, writing chops. You've got an excellent book out.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, Donna. Well, I was actually trained as a scientist, but I always, since I was a child, had been writing. When I was a, a, a small child, I used to write plays and make my friends perform in them. You know, with mixed success, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, um, and then, you know, as I, I went on in, in life, I ended up in science and then um, business and IT. But then sort of later in life, I did come back to my first love, which was writing, and I started to write mysteries, because that's what I read all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, as I tell um, people in my workshop how to get published, the the best way to get some recognition is to write short stories. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what I did. And um, I had uh, beginner's luck. And one of my very first stories, um, Kill the Boss, was a, a winner um, for a, a contest held by the Crime Writers of Canada.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And that, which, uh, sh- was that the uh, Arthur Ellis Short Story Award?
1: No, it was a special contest that I uh, called the Golden Horseshoe Award that the Crime Writers of Canada held um, back many years ago now for exactly the re- same reason as we are holding our contest today yeah. which was to encourage emerging writers mm-hmm. and, and since that time I've gone on to write you know, many short stories and had many short stories published but I always wanted to write a novel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and my very first novel um, was a bit of a disaster it, it lives in my filing cabinet <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, Tell my students, it's, it's really important to, it's a really important first step. I learned so much uh, writing that epic failure, and um, it was actually the second novel that I wrote that eventually got published, that was Go Fire. And it's a survivalist thriller set in northern Ontario.
0: Yeah, and it, again, it's called Windigo Fire, and I suggest that all listeners go look for it. It's actually, it's a beautiful book. It's it's uh, really well written, really well plotted. The characters are, are really terrific. And because it is a survivalist thriller, it's got an awful sense of adventure, too, a really good sense of adventure. Um. So it's really well worth reading in *Windigo Fire* by M. H. Calway, and we've also in our group got. Tell me a little bit about Melody Campbell.
1: Yes, Melody Campbell is our queen of comedy. Um, um, we in our our group. One thing, one of us. One of the things that makes us such a vibrant group is that we write so differently. We can write very dark material, such as you and I write, Donna. Mm-hmm. And then we can ranging all the way to straight-out hilarious comedy, well, as, which um, Mel is an absolute master of. Mel has a terrific series, the Goddaughter series, that I absolutely personally love. And her latest book has just come out, The Goddaughter Does Vegas.
0: Yes, I just got my copy of it, in fact, The Goddaughter Does Vegas by Melody Campbell. And uh, she writes rip roaring characters. They're novellas, they're fast reads, and they're just a lot of fun. Um, we've also got Catherine Dunphy, and uh, she was a journalist in Toronto for a while, and she's. Um, She's the author of a true uh, a nonfiction about um, Morgenthaler, is that right, Madeline? That, that's right.
1: Uh, Kathy is uh, is fearless, and she is not afraid to take on difficult issues. As you can say, she uh, was a very brave, I think, personally, to take on writing about such a controversial figure as Morgenthaler. And she was actually up for a Governor General's Prize, I believe, for that Yeah,
0: book. yeah. She is an excellent writer, too, and she will be in our anthology. We've got Catherine Astolfo, who writes an absolutely wonderful series, um, including books like uh, Legend and, I think, The Seventh Fire. Is that right? That,
1: that's, that's right. And she, um, Kathy's written several novels, and with novels which have an awful lot of warmth and heart. That's why when she wrote her story in the in Thirteen Claws was such a departure because it is true noir. Mm-hmm. It's a truly
0: frightening story. She she wrote that based on her experience traveling in Newfoundland with her husband. Yes, yes. And the, 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 the story basically is about uh somebody who seeks out a man who disappeared after being released from prison. And I'm not going to tell any more about it because it's a short story and it's too easy to spoil a short story, but right. it's well worth reading. It was just chilling and it, it won the Arthur Ellis Best Short Story Award.
1: That's right, that's right. In fact, when it, we had we were privileged to be reviewed by uh, Jack Batten in the Toronto Star and he said the story would give make even... Um, Paul Bernardo Terrified. Yes. The story, by the way, is called The Outlier. That's right. By Catherine Astolfo and Thirteen Claws and I would thoroughly recommend it.
0: Yes, yes. We've also got uh, Rosemary Aubert, who is our, our member at large, and Rosemary has written the highly acclaimed Ellis Portal mystery series and is a very yeah. prolific writer. She's also a poet. If you ever get a chance to look her up, Rosemary Aubert, A-U-B-E-R-T. And uh well worth reading yes, yes, that's right, and uh, rosemary uh, as uh,
1: started out as a poet, which is very interesting and uh, and then digressed into mystery writing
0: yes, yes, and uh rosemary's also um uh, she's got a deep passion for mathematics and uh, for science, and her latest book of poetry is all about Sir Isaac Newton. And it's from the point of view of Sir Isaac Newton, and it's just a wonderful book. I can't say enough about it. And the book is titled Strong, Certain, and Alone, Poems in the Voice of Sir Isaac Newton by Rosemary Aubert. And it's just a really terrific read. It's very cerebral. It's very fun. There are some poems in there that, and it draws on her research and history uh, of Sir Isaac Newton. So, you know, you can see her passion for the science and the physics and the mathematics in the poetry. It's really a a combination of left and right brain. So it's worth it for anyone who wants to read something just a little different.
1: I know, I know. It's it's very interesting. Rosemary, um, for many years, um, attended a a, a week long class at Cambridge University. That's Cambridge in in England, which were to allowed people from with
0: an arts background to understand um, higher mathematical concepts. hmm.
1: And um, and that's what she did, and that's where she saw the prism that Isaac Newton had had used, and that is what inspired her to write this book of yeah, poetry.
0: Yeah, and her own background in her uh, younger career was uh, in Law and Order, so she also brings that element to a lot of her writing. Uh, a lot of her short stories feature a uh, judge, and I won't tell you much more than that. But uh, she's a, an absolutely wonderful writer. She teaches courses on writing and uh, is a member of the Arts and Letters Club in Toronto. We've also got Lisa de Nicolets. Tell me a little bit about Lisa. She's one of our dead to rights um uh, interviewees, as a matter of fact, and her her um interview will be coming up soon.
1: yes that's that's right. Lisa is a, an unbelievably um prolific writer, like I am just in total awe she um She's constantly writing constantly writing, despite working full time as a graphic designer. She has written um I think this is her eighth book is wow. the Rotten Peaches. hmm And mo- all her books are quirky. There are are mysteries, they're lot they're quite violent, some of them. They all have an element of um of human psychology mm-hmm. psychopathology. One could almost say, especially with rotten peaches. And um or an elements of um, a mystical element as well. For instance, uh, um, no Fury Like That was set in
0: Purgatory, where Purgatory is envisaged as this um, therapy session where you have quite good food, and it's quite nice <laughs> but you have to work at getting better and to becoming a good person. Yeah, and come her on. latest her latest Rotten Peaches uh, has come out just recently, and it's just a uh, uh, very disturbing and kind of unforgettable Um it's uh, set yes, in yes. South Africa and the U.S. and Canada, so it's a kind of an international story.
1: And and not a very nice people, as as Lisa said herself, she was surprised again. You know, as Kathy was surprised to find this dark side of her nature in the Outlaw, uh, Lisa found this this dark side of her nature and these rather unpleasant characters. Yeah, uh, popped up and started taking over the novel. Mm-hmm. And they all have some. They're all fairly murderous and violent. Yeah. And but uh, fascinating, just the same. In fact, Rotten Peaches was just uh, selected uh, by the Toronto Star as a as a Valentine. Okay. Book. Okay. But but it's wow. more like kind of like I guess the the, the dark side of love. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, we've just, we've got names here that uh, really go deep into the whole writing community, the crime writing community in Canada. We've got Sylvia Maltosh-Warsh, who is um, a critically acclaimed author here in Toronto, and uh, yeah. she's she's written, uh, um, tell me a little bit about her work. Yeah, uh, Sylvia um, has some, a, a series, the Rebecca Temple series, which is very, uh, very highly regarded. In fact, um, Sylvia is our, uh,
1: our resident Edgar winner. Um, some time ago, um, one one of the Rebecca Temple books won Best Paperback Novel, um, the Edgar for Best Paperback Novel, yeah. or Paperback Original. Yeah.
0: She's and also got cute. standalones like Best Girl, but I think my favorite book by her was Find Me Again, um, yes. She also has a really truly wonderful standalone called *The Queen of Unforgetting*.
1: Yes, yeah. that's right. That's set up in Midland, and um, and uh, Sylvia's actually there was. a... Uh,
0: they dedicated uh, a plot to her in Midland.
1: Uh, that that's that that's right. There was a program, a na- nationwide program, to actually where which to recognize how Canadian settings have uh, mm-hmm. influenced Canadian literature. And they would put a plaque up to say this is the setting that inspired a a, a particular literary author to write their novel. And we're we're delighted that Sylvia's book, yeah. The Queen of Unforgetting, was recognized in this way up in Midland, Ontario, which was the setting that inspired Sylvia to write the novel. Yeah,
0: we've got Cheryl Friedman, who uh, she's she's a member of the Maidens of Mayhem, and she for many years ran the largest crime conference in Canada called Bloody Words. And so we're thrilled to have Cheryl. Cheryl is an extraordinary copy editor and editor. Um, So if you're ever looking for a really good editor, you want to look up Cheryl Friedman.
1: Absolutely. But the thing was that uh, I'm a little bit sad is that because Cheryl is also an excellent writer. Yes. But she spends most of her time editing and she's assisted many, many authors to be, uh, move on to be quite well-recognized in the yeah. Canadian crime writing community. But sometimes I wish Cheryl would spend, spends a bit more time on her own writing. She tends to write quirky. Um, yeah. She's also, um, you know, and she uh, sp- loves speculative fiction. Yeah, she's so got a really her-
0: fun mentality and it comes through in her work. And as you say, quirky is a great word to describe Cheryl's writing. We've also got Caro Souls, and Caro is a, a mainstay of the Canadian crime uh, industry. And um, tell us a little bit about Caro. Yeah, so Caro well, and, and Cheryl together um, founded the Bloody
1: Words Conference, which ran for many years, was a national conference for Canadian crime writing. And um, Caro has uh, since retired and moved on to, well, the Bloody Words now is a mini con which is a, a one-day conference uh, every year around the time of the Arthur Ellis Awards Banquet towards the end of May. And Caro has written prolifically. Again, she's, she also writes speculative fiction, erotica.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and, um, but she has written now two standalone mysteries. People like us, is her latest uh, publication.
0: That's right. People like us. People like us. It looks like a really wonderful book. We've got Ed Pivowarczyk, and Ed is our own copy editor for the Maydams of Mayhem anthologies. Ed's got a background in journalism and in copy editing, and uh, he worked for a long time for the National Post, where I used to see him in the National Post building. So he is a, a, a wonderful addition to our group. He He joined us about five years ago, and uh, has been with us since, uh, as both a contributing author, and his stories are wonderful. They're I would consider them dark. Um, yes, yeah, definitely noir,
1: and uh, but very well written.
0: Extremely well written, yes. And, and uh, sorry.
1: No, I it's uh, Ed has been a, a wonderful to our group because um, you know the copy editing requires such a lot of skill, and it's not just. Finding typos—it's—it's crazy. It's yes, yes. And keep as as we mentioned earlier within the key of thirteen, um, reminding us of copyright laws.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: it's, it's easy to fall astray. Yes. And and, and uh, again, just as a reminder for anyone who is considering to submit to our contest, uh, please make sure that. if if you are quoting from the song that it is in the public domain?
0: Actually, we will not accept any quotes from songs, whether they're in public domain or not. Um, That has to be really clear. Um, Ed and I had an extensive conversation. We've decided that titles can be quoted, but song lyrics cannot. So you can refer to a song, you can refer to those lines from that well-known song, but you cannot quote the song.
1: Very good, very good. Yeah
0: um because the rules are just too tricky and we don't want the liability so that's no. <laughs> to put it out there very clearly uh we've also got Jane Burfield Jane Peterson Burfield I should say and uh Jane is also well established in the Canadian crime industry she has been um a contributor to anthologies all over the country for for many years tell us a little bit about Jane and you and I are going to be seeing Jane on Tuesday I believe is that right
1: Yes that's right yeah um- yeah, Jane is uh, a, a gifted short story writer. She started out um as a journalist as well, and then went to the Humber college uh, uh, School of Creative Writing. And uh, anyway, the way she actually became a crime short story writer is it's' a is a fun story. Um, she was encouraging her friend to enter this contest that we had with the, the Bloody Words conference called the Bony Pete Contest. So her friend said, I'll do it if you do it. So Jane tossed off a story and ended up winning.
0: Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. She had beginner's luck. I know she says that in her bio. She had beginner's luck, and uh, she just decided to run with it. She loves killing off fictional characters who have done wrong. So right. <laughs> her favorite her favorite victims are also villains. You know? And we've yeah. got, uh, not to be overlooked, we've got Rosemary McCracken, who is also a prolific author in her own right. She writes... Um, she writes a financial thriller series uh, featuring uh, Pat Tierney, who is a financial advisor, and uh, so these are white collar crimes who may or may not, which may or may not lead to murders, and often do. And uh, Rosemary's been very highly acclaimed for this series as well.
1: Yes, Rosemary draws on her experience as a journalist writing um in finance, and one of the one of the reasons that she took up writing this series was to expose um financial scams and double dealings and when you read rosemary's wonderful series safe harbor black water and raven lake you will find all kinds of uh of of chicanery Uh well the one one of the one that comes to mind is in in raven lake about the the cottage scams Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: well you and i both own cottages is about how people will take a, a photograph or bad guys will take a picture of, of, uh, of a cottage and then put it up as an Airbnb. Yes. And so when the poor people arrive thinking they're going to have this lovely cottage to rent, they're confronted by the owners who know nothing about this scam.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: meanwhile, somebody's made off with these uh, the poor visitors' money.
0: Oh, dear. So, yeah. yeah,
1: Rosemary uses that in, in Raven Lake.
0: Yeah, and she would know about that because she used to maintain a cottage up north, and um, it's it's a terrible scam that is, uh, you know, just one of many terrible scams that we're facing these days. Um, we've also got Lynn Murphy, and Lynn was uh, one of the original, um, I want to say this correctly, she was one of the original presidents of the Toronto Sisters in Crime chapter and Lynn has been in the crime writing industry for a very long time. Can you tell us a little bit about Lynn's background?
1: Yes, Lynn was a, a, a journalist too. I think we're, uh, we're catching a theme here. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, because a journalist they have to produce, and yes. that's the same thing as a writer. You have to produce, and you have to keep writing, and as a journalist, if you, if you wanted to eat, you had to write. But now Lynn writes for fun. He yes. Has a terrific series of short stories that are set in a seniors' apartment building, mm-hmm. from uh, growing marijuana, uh, more or less inadvertently, to writing uh, wrongs. It's a, a wonderful group of ladies, and we can look forward to seeing uh, another story by Lynn Murphy in uh, in the Key of Thirteen.
0: Lynn's work is just sheer fun. I mean, she went from studying journalism at Carleton University. She worked for the Ottawa Journal when it was still uh, working. And she's also been an editor for CBC Radio News. And um, she was one of the first women editor that CBC Radio News ever hired. So she's got some chops. But her work now is fun. It's lighthearted. And it brings home the... um, the fact that the May Dams are inclusive and that our stories and our anthologies really do, uh, they cover a broad range.
1: Yes, yes, we range from comedy to noir.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now... Uh, getting down to some of our newer members, We've, I'm going to start with Marilyn Kay because Marilyn has jumped right into the Maydams with both feet. and uh, she's actually become our new web mistress, which is wonderful because that's a hard job. I know yes, having yes. once done it so <laughs> <laughs> And then and she yes, and she um, writes our monthly
1: newsletter, which uh, readers can find by checking out our website, wwwmadam and uh, the first of every month, our newsletter is up, which tells about uh, the doings of the, of the, our, our members, mm-hmm. and um, especially events that are coming up where you can meet us in person, in meet space rather than cyberspace, mm-hmm. and about our upcoming publications.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, Marilyn is also a contributing author to our 13 series of anthologies. We've got Kevin Thornton, and Kevin has... Uh, He's a fantastic short story uh, writer, but we tease Kevin because we call him always a bridesmaid, never a bride. He has been nominated for awards for his short stories, I believe six times. You can correct me if I'm wrong.
1: It Uh, was actually seven last year. Wow.
0: (laughs) And I would not be surprised if he's nominated again this year. You
1: know, that, that, well, you know, but you know, there are many bridesmaids of the Arthur Ellis Awards winner and, and one of the most remarkable ones is Maureen Jennings, who is one of Canada's best mystery authors and the creator of the Murdoch series, Yeah. which is an international series uh, on television and uh, also going to be uh, the uh, Canadian guest of honor at uh, the upcoming conference Left Left Coast Crime yeah. in Vancouver at the end of March. So um, just because you're a bridesmaid doesn't necessarily mean it's going to impact your career
0: no exactly exactly and i can't tell you what a thrill i get because i have a lot of friends online i i try to be active in social media and every time somebody somewhere in the world mentions the murdoch series i get a little thrill um It's not because I have any ownership or pretend any ownership, but just knowing Maureen Jennings as I do, and um, we all know where she's very well ensconced in our industry here in Canada. I get that thrill on her behalf. I just love to hear people speak highly about that series and her other work, which is all phenomenal. But, you know, getting back to Kevin, so we don't digress too much. Kevin writes from the funny bone, I would say. So if you're looking for humor in your crime, Kevin's your man.
1: He is. Kevin, again, is another person who's into a lot of cross-genre, because I think he writes uh, some, his uh, stories tend to segue sometimes into uh, speculative fiction, yes. but I, I love those kind of stories personally because I feel it just re-energizes our whole genre. That's right,
0: and Kevin is going to be a contributing author this year in, uh, in The Key of 13, um, so I'm, I'm thrilled that we're going to be including him, and that's Kevin Thornton, if you're ever looking for him. Uh, We've also, I'm going to try and wrap this up a little bit. We've also got uh, Mary Patterson, Mary M. Patterson, who was new in our last anthology with a wonderful story. What was the name of her story? Her story
1: was, it was about a cat, which is, of course, why I, I absolutely loved it, because I'm a, I'm a cat person. And um, her story was called... Night Vision.
0: Night Vision. Okay. And it
1: was about, it was actually the winner of our contest um, for 13 Claws. And Night Vision was about a private detective who has a cat as a partner. But the cat cat is a lot smarter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And we've got Rosalind Place. And Rosalind wrote, uh, do you know the title of Rosalind's book in our last anthology?
1: I do. And Ros is... um, written uh, many literary stories was, she wrote a story called Dana's cat again about a cat but this is not a light-hearted story like the one Mary wrote this is a quite a dark story about a cat that is a witness to a crime but um, Rosalind has written um, many literary stories that, that are, are specifically uh, based in Prince Edward County which is um, where, where Ross actually lives mm-hmm and she's written a wonderful novel and which we has received a lot of attention already as an unpublished manuscript and we're really hoping that uh she's going to find uh, an agent it's it's a young young adult novel and wonderful
0: you know, we're, we're wonderful it would be really good that. to see all, all these uh maydams of mayhem again, and we've got another very very new member Madonna scaff
1: yes um and uh, she is based in Ottawa and has written a terrific novel that uh, came out a, a few years ago, and it was called Journey of a Thousand Steps, and about um, a, a young woman who suffers from a serious medical condition but is able to solve a, a serious crime. And, and and Madonna has also written several stories that have also received a lot of acclaim
0: and she's and got a degree in cell biology and yeah. uh was spent her life working in mining research of all things uh, <laughs>
1: another scientist who saw the light
0: uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. well, she does say that her uh her scientific background does sneak into even her mysteries, not just her science fiction. So, and she's been in uh, both our anthologies, the May Dams anthologies. She's also been in the Sisters of Crime, Sisters in Crime anthologies, the whole shebang and the whole shebang too. So as have a number of our authors, um, they, all of our authors are well, and it, again, the number of authors shows that we've been growing because we started out initially With 13 authors. That's why our first anthology was going to be named 13. Before we even had it published, we had grown to 16 authors.
1: That's that's right, that's right, Donna. And now we are 19 authors.
0: 19 authors, and all of them well-known in the Canadian crime writing uh, world. So it's really quite something. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I think our listeners probably know about myself, but I am one of the Maydans. I'm one of the the original. Madeline came up with the idea, and... uh, you know, we ran with it, and uh, I've been publishing through Carrick Publishing the Maydams anthologies. I've also been a contributing author to each one of them, and uh, as you know, the host of Dead to Writes the podcast, so that's me, <laughs> as well as an author of several novels. So um, I stay pretty busy.
1: And um, yeah, that's that's great. So, how do you find podcasting, Donna?
0: I love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I would love to get the listenership up. So please, if you're listening now, spread the news to your friends. Um, I try to interview a different author every week. In uh, 2018, I interviewed 52 distinct authors so that was wonderful and uh, 52 weekly episodes I try to put them up on Sunday depending on my schedule I may be a day or two late sometimes actually getting them to go live but uh, I, I love doing it and the reason is because I just love knowing as much as I can about the writing industry internationally I've interviewed authors in Germany in Australia in the UK all over the United States and Canada um And it's just been an absolute delight. And I've interviewed authors in all genres, but my own genre is crime. And I love interviewing crime authors, whether they're true crime or fiction. So, you know, for me, it's been really a godsend. It's been something I really wanted to do. And my goal in 2019 is to get good enough at this and to have technology that works well enough that I can start creating audiobooks because well, be that's what I've always wanted to do, is to get audiobooks out there for myself and for all of our Carrick Publishing authors. Um, it's it's really something that I just want to do, you know?
1: Yes, and I think audiobooks, there's a, a really a, a huge demand for that. I mean, we spend so much time stuck in traffic.
0: Yes, yes. I do a lot of my reading right now through Audible. And um, just like when I first got into e-publishing... I noticed at the time, and this has changed, of course, a lot through the years, but at the time when I first got into it, there was a need for quality formatting and quality editing because ebooks were so new. They were so open to everyone that the market got really flooded with a lot of things that were not really up to snuff in terms of quality. Um, I did so many hours of research, hundreds of hours of research on how to format properly for e-publishing before I started doing it. And at the time, to pat myself on the back a bit, I was one of the pioneers uh, of people who really wanted to create quality e-publishing. And I'm hoping to do the same thing with Audible, for, quite frankly, to get really good quality audio publishing out there. Um, I know it is out there uh, because I listen to it a lot. So that's the way I want to go. I want to be one of the people that can really be relied on to produce something something good.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and the audiobooks, our way of reaching around the globe as you, as you were just telling the, the audience that you're, you're interviewing people in Australia you're interviewing people in England
0: yes, yes and and uh, even Germany, you know um, so Dead to Rights is open to authors of all genres all over the world so if you want to be interviewed by all means get in touch with me Carrick Publishing at Rogers.com now Madeline, what's next for you other than the anthology which is the obvious one
1: well, yes, I, um, I'm looking forward to um, taking up some of my, uh, my other projects. Uh, I've been um, clearing out my office, and I've found in my files all these half-written stories, half-written novels, half-written novellas, and um, I think it's time to actually write end to these stories. Um, I have a good friend, Sam Weeb, uh, another crime writer on the West Coast, and Sam teaches creative writing. And what he tells his students is the best thing you can put in your story is the end. And yes. that's what I'm going to
0: do. Yes. Just, and that's something important. all writers will understand. The best thing you can do is to complete your project. Um, get it finished. Get it finished. Get it finished. You can't even edit it till it's finished.
1: That's right, and another good friend of mine, um, Gail Hamilton, another Prince Edward County writer, a historical writer, says you spend your time, what you need
0: to do is make the clay. So you make the clay your first draft. It's always the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I knit and I crochet, uh, kind of fanatically. Anybody who knows me knows that I do this. <laughs> and one of the hardest things you can do when you knit is to, when you get quality yarn, people who don't knit this won't know, it doesn't come in balls the way that some of the cheaper yarns do. It comes in skeins. And one of the hardest things you can do is prepare your skeins into balls of yarn, winding the yarn, we call that, winding the wool. And it's tedious and it's methodical, and it's a real time killer, and all you want to do is create color and visuals and textures, and here you are stuck just winding the yarn. Well, that's like your first draft of your story or your novel. It's very much the same concept. You know it's going to be crap, but you've got to persevere anyway.
1: Yes, and one of the things that can help a a writer to uh, wind the yarn is to do a rima, which is, uh, if people don't know about this, it's the National Novel Writing Month.
0: Yes, November.
1: November. Uh, I mean, November is one of those kind of nothing months. It's kind of stuck between Thanksgiving, well, Canadian Thanksgiving and Halloween and Christmas, December. So what? this was an initiative started at, in the United States where a bunch of friends got together and said, well, let's see if we can write a novel in the month of November, and it's an idea that's taken off. So now, across the globe, people try to write 50,000 words in a month. Yeah. It's, it sounds a bit daunting. However, if you divide 50,000 by 30, it's roughly 1,700 words a month, a day, rather. Yeah. And that is quite doable.
0: Yes, 1,700 is doable, even if you, like me, have a day job. But if you're retired, or if your full-time job is writing it should be quite doable 1700 and remember these are first draft words you're not you're not the intention is not to stop and polish every word into gold while you're writing it's to teach you as a writer to get those words down on paper or into your computer or wherever you do and think about your polishing later because you can't do anything till you've got a product
1: absolutely so what one of the things i'll be working on over the next year is to finish the sequel to my first novel, Windigo Fire, and my um, its working title at the moment is called Windigo Ice. Um, the, um, I, the Windigo Fire was set in the summer uh, where the forest fires, which play a large part in the book, are, are a present hazard. But you can't write a Canadian novel without writing about the Canadian winter.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: so Windigo Ice is set in the Canadian winter, which we're experiencing right now, and uh, it's a good inspiration to uh, actually capture the absolute misery of being
0: cold, being hypothermic, being otherwise challenged. And I can't wait to be one of your first beta readers for it. Um, I'm going to tell our listeners a little personal story about uh, Wendigo Fire. Um When you were about to come out with Windigo Fire, you had a number of us uh, help with beta reading. And I, being as busy as I am, I had put it off and I had put it off and I'd wanted to get into it um, because I'd read little bits of it and I knew it was really good. And one day something happened medically and I found myself in emergency for 14 hours waiting to see a doctor. And I was near the end of Windigo Fire, reading it on my phone, because what else are you going to do in emergency other than worry about your health? (laughs) (laughs) And my phone started to die. And I said, doctor, doctor, I need help. Get me, get me a charger. (laughs) And he just laughed. He was so good about it. It was a young doctor. And he came running over with a charger. And I finished reading it in one sitting. And it was such a wonderful novel. I was, I was kind of glad I had this enforced opportunity to read it, you know. Oh, thank
1: you, Donna. That is just the, the, absolutely the most wonderful thing that a writer can hear is that somebody really liked their work. I just it's
0: loved a- it. I didn't just like it. I just loved it. And uh, it really is an adventure. It's a, it's a thriller, but it's also an adventure. So I really highly recommend Windigo Fire by M.H. Calway, my friend and well-established crime writer in Canada.
1: Thank you so much, Donna.
0: You're welcome. And and Madeline, thank you for joining me again on Dead to Rights to talk about the new anthology. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Donna. And uh and uh, please uh, all you aspiring writers, don't forget to send in your work to our contest.
0: And at, that at is MCalway1 at gmail dot com.
1: That's right, and we'd love to see your work in, in the key of thirteen. Let it rock.
0: Our heartfelt thanks go out to Madeline Harris Calway who writes as M.H. Calway, for joining us today to talk about In the Key of Thirteen, the upcoming anthology by the Maydams of Mayhem. And if you've got a story or are working on a story that fits with our theme of music and murder, by all means get in touch with Madeline at mcalway1 at gmail.com and do so quickly because our contest is about to close. Thanks, and I hope that you'll participate in our short story contest. Are you a published author, and would you like to join us on Dead to Rights? If so, contact me, Donna Carrick, at, at com, and in the subject line, say, Dead to Rights Interview. I'll be happy to feature you and your work on our podcast. All music, including our theme song, Eyes of Gold, has been composed and performed by Ted Carrick. You can find myself, Donna Carrick, or my husband, Alec Carrick, on Facebook or on Twitter. And you can also reach us at Dead to Rights Pod or at Carrick Publishing. And our Twitter handle is at Carrick Pub. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the podcast next week when we'll bring you our interview with Lana Webb, the author of Lonesome Wolf. Have a great week.
1: I told you what you told me we'd never be in the same boat for free yet it rides. let it rot